Arg, wrong. Well, hey everyone, it's uh, Peter Fickling here and the Sideship Podcast. I'm joined by uh, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir as normal. Well, it was a challenging week with the Archers. Lots of Shula, lots of Lee in his pots of paint, and of course, Adam. Guys, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. Well, I think a lot of it was very badly written. I've got the words clunk in massive capital letters written across quite a few of my notes. Yeah, you and I used to get accused of um, moaning too mm, much. We did. <laughs> it's almost disingenuous to be, you know, to be an Archers fan and to be always glasses half full. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything isn't amazing, wonderful, great, fabulous. Sometimes there are poor weeks. You know, there were some little highlights in there that we can cover off, but generally speaking, a lot of dross. I didn't think it was quite as bad or quite as dreadful. And for that reason, the bits that I liked just seemed to have dominated and carried it through for me. So I'm um, I'm definitely mm. glass half full of whatever anyone else is having. Yeah, but then you're, you're you know, a shirtless man <laughs> with a, a tumbler of red wine in a sweltering hot um, foreign country. The summer's kicked in in England now, hasn't it? I've got the radiators on. Okay, all right. Sorry, sorry. I thought I, I thought you'd got I thought you'd gone tropical. It keeps going weird. Really bright sunshine and then massive clouds and torrential rain. You know, we're talking about the weather. I mean, for God's sake, this shows how shitty. I'm happy. I'd almost be happier doing that for forty <laughs> minutes than uh, <laughs> talking about some of the other stuff. Mm. I mean, you, Kerry, you were um, sort of shocked and dismayed about my um, first suggested topic mm-hmm. for um, the cider shed, which is my. My 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 dread, my fear that Shula and Neil are lined up for an affair. Well, when you suggested this on our WhatsApp, I li- and and Matthew went, "Oh yeah, there's something brewing." I I was like, "Are these two winding me up? Am I? Is this some sort of fall guy situation?" And you go, "Ha ha, we made it up." You used a, r- a rarely touched upon phrasal verb, which where you told us both to shit off. I did. <laughs> I don't. And now was that was that a request? It felt like more of a demand, Kerry. <laughs> We'll see. Actually, I mean, I did. I mean, they've got a little bit of history, haven't they, Neil and Shula? Back in the in the mists of time, she mm. he was it was a bit of the uh, the lady chat lady chatterlies that never was, and uh, she kind of kicked him to the curb for mm-hmm. some hot shot, didn't she? What free song was there? This it was it was this it must be in this evenings, and I've totally missed this. Please explain. It's just raw fear. Raw fear. You've got the you've got the parabola of kind of plot lines. You have a man plummeting from his roof, leaving a widowed family. You know, widowed widow and semi orphan children. You have spousal abuse um, and a controlling relationship. You have slaves. Uh, you now have a long and brutal alcoholism plot uh, with fetal alcohol syndrome uh, potentially. How much darker can it get? Well, <laughs> having an affair with Shula is a start. Yeah, they meandered through that in this this. Um in tonight's episode thursday's episode and one bit i really really liked i almost kind of got up and like punched the air was when you know neil was neil was being fantastic as always all his concerns and then there was this moment where shula said do you think it'd be any good if i called right and neil just neil just went no (laughs) (laughs) and and then she just went all right then (laughs) she didn't even say oh why or, you know, really. Uh, well, he, he kind of said, I think she just wants to be left on her own or something. I don't know. But yeah, that was the horrific moment. Also, when Lee um, had painted something on the ceiling and Adam and Ian were going, what the hell is that monster? I thought that Lee had painted <laughs> um, Shula's face on the ceiling. 
Well, he did. I mean, wasn't it? It was a horrible spider <laughs> or something. But taking it slightly seriously, mm. why else is Shula on at the moment? I mean, it's 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 an unnecessary um, extra complication to the plot for Neil to be sort of turning to Shula and for Shula to be popping up because um, they, I mean, you know, they they do have kind of like very tight studio time, don't they? And mm. they've only got four episodes a week. So why is Shula suddenly the person that Neil um, pops over the road to talk to or sort of bumps into in the village, which has been happening for a few months now? Yeah, I mean, last time we heard from her, she was moaning about the newspaper things, wasn't she? And what, what but that was a way of exposing, you know boldly that Susan is struggling and might need help and so on but yeah that's a really good question why is she in it with Neil if it isn't that they're going to run away together they Neil did mention (laughs) that him and Susan were they were going through it it wasn't very easy because they're they disagree on Mm. how much Alice is to blame for everything that's happening much like Jim was able to say it's not her it's Mm. her illness and I think Neil is on that side of the fence. And Susan, obviously, because like Alice threw a brick at her head, is is a little less forgiving. Um, yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Susan's so touchy, isn't she? Yeah. As, as Brian said, you know, jumping the gun a bit. Um, and I, yeah, maybe there is a yeah. little bit of that. But I think it's more that Shula is there because if maybe Susan isn't in these episodes, we're, we are getting to hear what's still going on in the Carter household as a dynamic between the two of them. And I... Right. Mm. I guess, yeah, Sheila is a kind of useful representative for the audience. You do need these kind of um, uh, external... I mean, she's she's a family member, but she's not sort of, you know, right at the heart mm. of it. I mean, she's connected, but she's not right at the heart of it. So it's plausible that Neil would open to open up to her. Sheila can represent us in the show. Yeah, yeah, she's a conduit for that, I think. Um, and maybe that's just all it is. Hopefully, there's nothing yeah. too sinister. I would really, really struggle if they have an affair. It might, I might have to sort of negotiate with you to how we record the show. Like, <laughs> I might just have to wander off down the other end of the garden for you know a set time every episode. We'll just hear you howling in the background <laughs> no, I mean, from far away. I, I don't. My dislike of Shula is not some kind of childish or petty thing it's it's like you know how some people they can't they can't listen to two blocks of polystyrene you know polystyrene being rubbed Mm -hmm. and it's like that with with shooter's personality is i find really really challenging and it kind of it puts me in a fairly foul mood Mm -hmm. um so you know um I, i i cannot stand her yeah she is jarring for me, Shula. And and actually, Neil and Shula, you know, supposedly Shula is, you know, there to offer a shoulder or an ear to listen or whatever, some sort of help. But Neil's so wise, I, it wouldn't surprise me if he ends up counselling Shula on where she's go, going wrong in life mm-hmm. rather than the other way around being any, any useful. Yeah, well, I mean... It's been it, finally there has been a bit more care going on in the village, hasn't there? I mean, they have finally stopped, you know, uh, staring at the obvious and not and mm. not seeing it. And how did that all kick off? I can't remember. I can't remember how this week started. I think it was it was um, Tony, wasn't it? And Lillian speaking, saying, um, "No, no, you're definitely not an alcoholic." Lillian. Yeah, that one. Yeah, where she, she he said, "Dad drunk every day." And Lillian was like, oh, well, you know, I don't think that means you're an alcoholic, clearly, because she drinks every day. Uh, and that was when they were having the conversation about um, the fact that Alice had been referred to Borchester Drug and Alcohol Services, but she turned it down. 
Um, and Lillian was like, well, at least she seems to know what's best for Martha. I thought that was interesting because Alice definitely has got Martha's best interest in in mind, hasn't she? A lot of the yeah. time. Quite why she turned down the referral. Have you, I don't know if you've got any thoughts on that. We didn't want, really want to go alcoholic heavy. Doesn't want to face up to it, does she? That's what it is, I think. I mean, it certainly seemed, I mean, yeah. mm. it was the three of them, wasn't it? Jenny, Lillian, Antonio, it was like, you know, all three of them together. I thought yeah. Tony came out of that quite well, to be honest, you know. Although he offered a change of scene, didn't he? Wasn't there a suggestion at some point that, um, I think it was later on that uh, Ian said to Helen, well, like, she's gone, Adam's invited her over to spend time with him to sh- to get give her a sense of what normal life's like. That's like, oh, shit, shit the cat. <laughs> Yeah, Adam had taken her to the office to sort of remind her of normality. Well, there is going to be, there's going to, we're going to be getting a lot of Ian and um, Adam over the next few weeks because when Rory moves in. So that's, uh, you know, another, another sort of a um, scared plot prediction was the idea that Rory will be looking for someone to talk to about. Obviously, he's bisexual, not gay, but, you know, about sort of um, Adam and someone to talk about, you know, coming out to his family is an obvious person to confide Mm. in. So I, you know, I have a feeling we're going to be having a lot of uh, hearing a lot of Ian and Adam over the next few weeks. Although they weren't as detestable mm-hmm. as normal, but maybe that's because of juxtaposition with Lee. But you know, if we're talking plot predictions, like I have to take my hat off to you, Peter, because you said quite a few episodes ago that you were dreading this DIY storyline where Tony would come round and it would be a kind of a, you know, a tug of mascul- masculine war between Lee and Tony. About who would do what, and as we find, as we found out, <laughs> I think you're being generous. It's there. It's on the record. As we found out, I mean, yeah, I am being generous because Lee's utterly toilet at DIY. We found out he can't do anything. And mm. why is it about men in the archers? Do you remember Leonard pretending he could paint, and then? you know, was absolutely yes. hopeless at it. And then Lee seems to have this complex about mm-hmm. he has, you know, his ex thought he was useless at everything he did. So he was going to do up the boys' rooms. I mean, mm-hmm. you you know you're onto a bad thing when Adam's trying to get away from you. When he was talking about his drill, oh, and it's got a spotlight feature for corn. He's like, hmm. <laughs> Great. I'll have to get going. Well, I mean, you know, it's like, you know, Helen, Helen, um, you know, what she'd been saying is like, oh, well, you say what you like about uh, Rob, but he could put up her floating shelf immaculately. <laughs> like it's, it's, she's, he's under so little pressure when it comes to any of those, those kind of conventional roles in the home. His role is, his role is not to be a, a gurning um, and terrifying psychopath. Yeah. That's his, that's all he has to achieve. He, it was so poor. I thought, you know, when he said, because he's flapping about trying to over impress and especially to do with the boys, Jack and Henry, and said, since I let Henry wander off at the assault course. And you think, well, Helen didn't mind at all about that. No, that was a non thing. He talked about it like it was a skill. What I mean, it is a, it's a vague skill, keeping tabs on your kids. But he was saying that it was just another thing that he's bad at or something. <laughs> I don't really see it like that. Doesn't he have two girls? 
this yeah. is this is what's driving me absolutely potty. I was supposed to sort of believe that this guy who's already got a family, and apparently, apparently, you know, alimony's. Anyway, I don't want to get too. Mm. I know I said last week I don't I don't get too worried about the the, the money fairy, so I don't want to get too pedantic about the the exactitudes of um, Lee's finances and how he manages his life. But he's supposed to have this whole other yeah. family. You assume these daughters are going to be, become cast members as well. This whole plot line is definitely, definitely, as I've said before. All, all part of the, you know, the agonising placement of Lee right at the centre of things for you know quite a long time. Mm. And uh, uh, one of the things that annoyed me was uh, this week. Sorry, I'm, I'm off on one now. The, <laughs> Go this this ridiculous sort of snobbery towards um, Lee because he collects figurines. It's absolutely bananas. I mean, it, it, some people, women included, collect weird science fiction stuff i don't um some of my friends do i just don't think it's a big deal it you know it's no it's no different to it's no different to any other argument of a decal but somehow because someone's passion arrives from films or from like books they read or something then it's worthy of contempt because it's not understandable mm, i think it's because you know figurines they sound like they're toys to me uh, so it's it's almost infantilizing him i think in in a lot of the listeners ears <laughs> uh, yeah i know what you yeah. mean but why is it any different to Schworsky crystal well, no, it hedgehogs be. or yeah. you know yeah. um or anything like that like if you went round a if you went around a 55 year old um well, actually it's pretty <laughs> I'm, I'm nearly 55 now but you know if you went around a sort of a i know in fact anyone age if you went around someone's house and they had a Schworsky crystal hedgehog and a kind of collection mm. of you know You'd just be like, oh, okay, it's not to my taste, but whatever. Yeah. So why is that any different to a, mm. a, a He-Man figure? I know. I actually did think Helen's turned completely into Rob because she's she's controlling <laughs> Lee and what he's allowed and not allowed to do. Isn't isn't the problem that he's just he put them on every shelf and every nook and cranny of the house? Wasn't that the issue? Well, well, no, he put them in the sitting room. You know, that's obviously you're not allowed to do that. So she shuffled them about a bit and hid them behind books. But, you know, and Captain America was sitting in the wrong corner or something, wasn't it? And he's got mul multiple holes. Yeah. He said, I don't think Captain America belongs down there in the corner, did he, or something. But he, he did. He kept doing this thing where, you know, Lee, Lee is always great. Everything's great. And he came home and like, oh, we've just rearranged things a bit. Hopefully, like, no, it's great. Where are the hulks? Yeah, <laughs> I think they've given us a hint as to Lee's dark future because he is this. David Banner was the character that he wanted placed up front. He was very concerned mm. about his prized David Banner doll, the calm, mm. easygoing, Lee-like, superficial character, and then he wanted the hulks away mm -hmm. to one side. Yeah. Controversially, he called him Bruce Banner, which you know that that's a whole other avenue. But also, when he when he was talking about don't put Captain America in the corner, is he talking about himself? If you missed the comparison, the the Hulk and Banner are Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this this is where's where's it going? How you know Lee's dark side? If it's ever mentioned that he's put his pants on over his trousers, we need to quickly warn Helen. Uh, they were at cross purposes as well this week. So when yeah. <laughs> we were saying before we came on air about the whole Japanese, the little chuckles about you know remember when we went minimalist. Oh. Japanese and when Lee said I hate futons um, I did some research on this and I think he's talking about the futons mm. of the planet Foot who Thanos enslaved <laughs> and sent them to war against Guardians of the Galaxy in issue 372 
<laughs> in your joke, Matthew, there is a there is a truth, which is that they are they are getting themselves into a world of hurt by um, creating a character who's massively into the Marvel universe. Because if mm. there's one thing we know, even just from observing others, you know, these are not people to put down a mistake or a, a you know a, a, a slight inc- you know a slight no. inconsistency. I, I do think that the title of episode one this week was the archer's siblings assemble and avengers assemble was one of the movies recently wasn't it so i think that was nothing was by mistake there but what did we all think about adam adam and ian's rescue they they were they were pretty much they were like one of these um shows where you go in and help help this person who doesn't know what i mean because lee had basically destroyed the bedroom hadn't he it was DIY SOS by the th- by the three dads. Why did they keep having to go that the three dads can do this? So there's like the gay dads, and then the stepdad. And actually, just going taking that step a step back to what you were saying, Peter, about Lee has got two daughters, and seems to not know what to do about around kids at all, let alone the financial yeah, side of it that you were mentioning. He's terrified terrified of of how henry and jack will um it's jack isn't it mm. how henry and jack will uh react to him now i know you you could so if he was like he's a super sensitive guy the difference between girls and boys um there you know the difference between being a stepdad and a, a dad but surely he under you know surely he has some especially with his job his job is all about you know like i mean Mm. you have to be a people person it's it's about selling people and rehabilitation about kind of like you know trying to persuade people to trust you with something important stuff in their life the 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 idea that he falls to pieces over something Mm. like this it all just seemed a bit because he ran whole classes didn't he in karate or whatever it was uh for kids do you remember when he did the fitness boot camp for the cricket team and just turned into a complete monster and started screaming at everyone Is that when he went green? <laughs> it must have been, yeah. What about Helen's idea to sort of take the boys to B&Q or whatever it was? They'll love yeah, it. And Jack Henry, just leave just leave Lee in the soft play and go around yourself. <laughs> also, the other thing is, how better to piss off two kids than you take them to B&Q, you offer them all the paints, they pick the sort of like um, mm. one shade off black blue and um, and sort of like, I don't know, um, carry red and to paint the mm. bedroom. And then you, you turn up and it's all magnolia and uncle ian and um <laughs> aunt adam are standing there sorry i didn't mean that in a homophobic way i meant that in a against adam way uh, and they're just standing there looking you know pleased themselves mm. you know it's like no 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 i wanted the death death blue yeah and, and the, the spider know, the blood red. and the shelf that was all wonky i mean <laughs> exactly yeah and actually in the end the thing that got the approval was the wonky um death spider so <laughs> yeah they loved it i mean I, like you were saying kerry i felt bad for ian because i mean he he was working split shifts at the kitchen. He came to help out, and there was the, mm. Adam. They kept on doing it in stages. When Adam came round, and was like, "Hmm, yes, it's okay." And then when mm. Ian came round and compared it to like a Hieronymus Bosch painting or something, and then he was like, "Adam said he liked it." He was like, "What?" And then he was kind of like <laughs> playing them off against each other. And then there was that moment where Ian had this—I don't know—it was like a DIY Braveheart kind of coming up on a pill or something. Yeah, he was like. Listen, there's there's three good dads in this room. We're gonna at least fix it up, or we're gonna paint. We're gonna we're gonna plaster. We're, what's that to yeah. what's that? Yeah. yeah, what's that to three handy guys like us? And then like he's got his straight edge partner Adam, and just goes, "Are you out of your 
mind, Ian, and just yeah. brings him all back down after all of his positivity. But mm. then they all pitched together and got on with it in the end and fixed it up. And then Helen appears going, what have you been doing? Oh, just painting and having a great time. You never told... Yeah. You You always told me you were bad at DIY. I'm not bad, I'm f***ing awful at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was my main problem with the... Was just the no, it wasn't the idea that Adam and Ian were pitching. It wasn't the idea that Lee would would need the help, any of that stuff. It was the motivation, the just this, this, this shame of not being able to do the DIY. I think, Kerry, you hinted at it earlier on. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't... It just doesn't ring true. I mean, you know, uh, especially if you're this, if you, especially, you know, it's like, uh, you know, you find out that, I don't know, John claude Van Damme's not, you know, not very good with a spirit level in a, uh, a, you know. I tell you what, I'll never forgive him for my bathroom. He fucked it right up. <laughs> I, I, you know, John claude Van Damme oh, uh, is, is a much maligned actor. He had some of his blood sport, what a movie, a little bit racist, but, you know, I mean, it, it was good in its day. Oh, I've just remembered that there was a really good tweet about Lee. I did do a screenshot of it. I think you might have seen it. Yeah, it was by Non-Dairy Canary uh, on the Twitters. And they said, an alien crash lands on Earth and finds himself stranded in a sleepy farming village. He tries to blend in with the locals, but struggles to acquire even the most basic of human skills. (laughs) Hilarity ensues. Yes, and he has no genitals. that is Lee's backstory. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like that sometimes, doesn't it? He's like just bumbling around, not really yeah. doing things the way everyone else does. I've, I've watched these like TV dramas before where they're like dropping little Easter eggs about the person has some kind of coping mechanism issues. And I'm starting to wonder if Lee has that because he, he doesn't seem to be able to handle basic shit most of the time. And mm-hmm. all right, I know not everyone's a DIY whiz. You know, I mean, I think Adam got a bit confused between his old dating days when he said, like, didn't you locate a stud to drill into? But, you know, (laughs) which was definitely in in there on purpose, I think. Yeah. But, you know, not everyone's good at it. And he tried to do it. But if you started doing something and it was clearly a disaster, wouldn't you just stop? Mm. Mm. Um, But did are we meant to sometimes have to check myself? Uh, are we meant to be finding all of this endearing, like he's an excitable puppy, uh, you know, and we're just haters too much? I understand that that actually our little corner of Archer's fandom is not particularly normal. Like, you know, the people who do the tweet along every day, the people who do the listen to the omnibus and do the tweet along. I mean, it's a level of obsession with the archers that probably doesn't sort of like you know uh, travel across the sort of the Ambridge universe, mm. um, and for a lot of people they just want nice folk to sort of like gen- gently trill out of their wireless mm. whilst they're doing the washing up, whilst they're doing whatever, mm. and 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 Lee's perfect for that. So you know more power to them. I hope they I hope they love hearing about. And you know I, I sometimes get a bit confused when people are like the 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 the, the, the meagerest mention. Of a, of a man being sort of good at sport and everyone's sort of using them as a blank canvas to superimpose all their sort of wildest sort of sexual fantasies. Like I've, there's been loads of people who are like fancying Lee. I'm mm-hmm. like, based on what? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so I've been down, we've been down this road before. I absolutely, I complete a bafflement that anyone could be, find, you know, find Lee sexually attractive, but the, you know, there's, they're out there. Yeah. Cause I did ask, didn't I? Like could in our WhatsApp chat, could you go out with someone as stupid as him? 
we've all dated the person who physically was very attractive, but you just had to just, you know, it just didn't work out because yeah. they were just dull as dishwater. Or terrible BO. Yeah. Or both. <laughs> but But being thick is, I don't know, couldn't cope with that. There's something very admirable about someone who knows their limitations. Like Lee is, that's something good to be said about Lee is he knows his limitations. When he's talking about, you know, karate or whatever, he's quite a confident man. Mm. When he's talking about his job, he's a confident man. So he's, uh, you know, and then and then when confronted by something he's rubbish at, he wasn't sort of shy to own up to his rubbishness, you know, in front of other yeah. men. So that's kind of got, that's a very likable quality. But, um, but you know, but it's, the, 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 to, to your point, Kerry, there's a kind of, there's a sort of a, an underpinning dimness and, and boringness. Helen said herself, didn't she, to Ian, I think it was, um, that Lee has no hidden depths. Well, just nothing hidden at all. And that's what she wants. She wants someone totally transparent. She doesn't want anyone who's going to have surprises for her. Well, so she's going to get a right shock when he turns green and he's got his underpants on over his trousers. Was, I mean, assuming my assuming my stupid theory that you guys didn't give me anywhere near enough mm-hmm. credit for, um, assuming that is absolute nonsense, well, it is because mm-hmm. I said it, but um, was this week, was this week, uh, the whole sort of charade was it to to sort of get rid of any suspicions that he's another Rob, just to say, don't worry, audience, you're safe. Lee is a you know a solid, dependable man, and we can now move on and just get on with the you know the rest of our you know they they're going to be living in the house, well, happy families. The last line of the episode wasn't it something like we're going to be okay? Yeah, we're going to be or something, and you. I think we're going to be all right here, don't you? And- and you just know in soap world yes. that means everything's going to shit. Yes, basically at some point. Yeah. So my so my crappy theory might be. Yeah, right. I think yeah. I think it might not be as um, directly Rob related or kind of Lee being another Rob as you think, but it might be more subtle in that he he tries to fix a leak under the sink and floods Ambridge. I actually went darker in my head. I thought because I, I I you know I this is so depressing. I. <laughs> I thought it might be a grooming story. They're so keen to tick off all these horrific oh plot lines. I was just like, oh, how much worse can it get? And I was like, you know, and it did make me or worried that that was Maybe a plot he line. is Rob and he's had extensive surgery. <laughs> that, I'm and down with that. And this is all a cover. And he's, you know, this karate white trainer guy, he's gone for some weird opposite of himself and is just pretending he can't do painting and decorating, but actually he can. <laughs> he's been... He's been, you know, well, he's been having inc- incredibly complicated and um, cutting yes. his plastic surgery. That's probably what's happening. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like a, a face-off kind of storyline. We're saying, where he's kind. Of... Yeah, I've seen that film. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's epic, an epically brilliant and bad film at the same time. Yes, it is. Yeah. But this is, this is, I mean, I think because, again, I'm repeating myself, because we've had so much grim stuff over the last few months. I think I want something that absurd yeah. i mean I th- this week we did we had very little light really i know sorry this was the light relief wasn't it the lee plot line but we it just didn't it didn't feel like we had anything to kind of lift our spirits or make us feel glad to tune Vince in saying that he loved lizzie oh, yeah. was quite lovely sorry of course yes that was absolutely wonderful yeah. and and i i just i completely disagreed with everyone who was saying um that, that lizzie basically shot him down you know that's one hell of a thing you know this is the first person you've dated properly since your 
you've been widowed. Since your brother pushed um, your husband off the roof. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I thought I thought her response was sort of measured and reasonable. I mean, why? And and Vince Vince took it. I mean, because he's Vince, he took it in his stride and was incredibly oh, elegant. When with he it. said, um, "I know you don't feel the same way about me." It, it was my it reminded me of the the Seinfeld "I Love You" return episode where George says "I love you" and his girlfriend says "I'm hungry, let's go get something to eat." <laughs> I did feel for him, but he gets it, doesn't he? He gets that she's gonna she she wants the baby steps thing, and he was crashing in a little bit. But you know, he want he's wanting to express that to her, and I think if you feel that, you should express it. Yeah, I, I've never quite understood the whole. Um, uh, terror around telling you telling someone you love them i've never i've never i've never felt or that it's it has to be reciprocated mm. like you know it, it should be it, it's it's like um it's like you know giving to it's like giving in order to receive you should yeah. you should give it, you know it's a gift isn't it to tell someone you love them is a gift and then hopefully they feel exactly the same way or hopefully they feel that they can respond in the Absolutely. moment but they might not I, th- I think maybe she's a bit shocked and stunned and was taken by surprise because she said I'm very fond of you and you could hear her sort of stumbling a bit but I reckon she's going to at some point in the near future go it blew me away a bit but I need to tell you that I feel the same way I think that's going to come it doesn't make sense for them to have Vince turn out to be a complete I, it, it, it's perfect for um, for Lizzie to be able to have a long-term relationship she's been floating around being a widow for too long I, I don't think it's good I don't think it's good for the for the show for her to be on some kind of dating tear mm. for a while. I think that could get very boring very quickly. Mm. Whereas Vince, Vince is, and also Vince is such a useful character. But do you remember when Justin first appeared, and he was he was he was perfect for just being parachuted into a scene just to sow a bit of chaos or or finish off a, a scene with a kind of like you know a, um, a witty one liner. Mm. Of course, now he's God knows what he is now. But Vince plays that role very mm. well, doesn't he? He can have a he can have a cheery chat with um, with Rex. He can um, skewer Russ. He can um, you know uh, he's perfect. Yeah. Do you think someone asked on Twitter about um, and I couldn't remember the answer. They asked whether Mintz knows about Lizzie's fair brother background and why she's a bit prickly about Rex mm-hmm. and so on. Yeah, I saw I saw that tweet. I didn't see the response. I can't remember if because she was a, she was a little bit a bit jealous about the fact that she said like you're always popping down mm. to see Rex before you come to see me, yeah. and it, I don't know. I'm I'm still not fully clear of. Vince being a little bit of a swinger I don't know but he's <laughs> he's popping down to see Rex there was that point where he was like you know she was like he can look after his business perfectly by himself mm-hmm. and he was like he said he'd be very grateful for an introduction to the sausage man <laughs> I was like <laughs> is, pre- mm, is that premium burger yeah, and sausage is, that, yeah. is that prison lingo I don't know yes <laughs> um but I, I just think I don't think he's got the hots for Rex. I just think he sees in Rex something of himself, probably, as a guy who's a bit of an entrepreneur. He's making his way. He wants to help him. He's got the contacts. He's got the dodgy knockoff fridge freezers or whatever they were. Yeah. I mean, he he sold it to Elizabeth that he's doing it because he Mm. wants it to be a success for her and she's invested in it, Mm -hmm. which could be entirely true. Less fun, but, you know. Perhaps it's all a bit she wants to still be a bit tentative. She doesn't want someone all in fully, like, you know, and plus, no matter how marvellous he is. Yeah, plus he did walk pig shit into the kitchen. Yeah, she did a really <laughs> good 
Oh, didn't she? Yes. With the pig muck on the floor. Ruined the mm. salad lunch. She's a great actress, and she has to do some fairly, you know, she has to sort of like episode on episode turn on her heel to do some very different versions of Lizzie. Well, I mean, all she's doing is doing every character I have to listen to in our English books in classes because she pops up in nearly every listening that I do, which is yes. very freakish for me. For those for those who might not have heard previously, um, the, the the linguaphone tapes that Matthew uses they seem to they seem to have the same production staff and studio we've and got, personnel as um, the Archers. Yeah, I mean we've got Brian Rex, David, Lizzie. I'm pretty sure I found Alice this week in an audio. I just love it, and they say the most ridiculous sentences or or interactions with each other, don't they? It's brilliant. Well, the great thing is, is the Archers ever uh, um, finishes, we've probably got enough with Matthew's tapes, we can probably just keep on making episodes yeah. ourselves. I don't know <laughs> if I mentioned this on just like one of our Zoom calls or on the show before, but years ago, um, when I had access to an editing suite in college and I had lots of time on my hands, I, I went mm. through a habit of um, recording. Um, BBC One or BBC Two went through a habit in the afternoon of, um, you can tell, you know, I was studying at that time. I was at home <laughs> recording episodes of Bergerac and Lovejoy. And occasionally I used to go in and edit together episodes called Loverack. And it was just <laughs> in the editing suite, putting together a storyline from both episodes so that it made some kind of sense. And then yeah. we would watch them late at night and I could never remember what the end was going to be. It must be quite nice to know that in a, what's the world population? Nine billion, out of nine billion people, you're the only person who owns a Loverack tape. So what else? What else is there to talk about? We've done we've done DIY. We've done Vince, the Sausage Man, Rex, and Lizzie. We've done. Um, we've skirted around Alice. Yeah, that's pretty, isn't it? Yeah, Clary was a bit weird, wasn't she? Oh. Where she was going, I am cleaning the tube. Welcome, and welcome to the dairy. Yeah, yes. we've got fun and games. Oh, oh, I completely forgot about that. Oh God, yogurt japes. It was very strange indeed. And Kirsty going, like we did yesterday, like before. Um, Sorry, is that is that Sean Dyche naming his eleven? That's <laughs> Kerry. That's Kerry doing an impersonation of you doing a Sean Dyche impersonation in place of a uh, Kirsty person impersonation. Yeah. Yeah, it was poor as well. Sorry, I couldn't get the <clears throat> properly. Let me just take a swig of single malt. Have a drag on some Rothmans or something. Because Clary was being a bit odd, wasn't she? And a bit off and sort of like, well, you know, why have you got problems with the hair net? And I don't know whether that was, was that us? Why was she being a bit defensive about where she works? I think, and... I think it's pride in her job, isn't it? And then, you know, it's yeah. just, oh, Kirsty's come in as this kind of, you know, I can I can handle yogurt, I can handle cheese. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, and she was doing that 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 thing of like well there's there's more to it than that you know and there was that point mm -hmm. where mystifying yeah it. when you know hell you know Kirsty was slacking on the first day wasn't she? she was like we do this she went yeah but no one will know if we don't clean it <laughs> yeah, no, no one will know no one will know until they're bent over their um toilet in a couple of weeks time With amoebic, <laughs> amoebic, yeah. exactly full yeah. on amoebic dysentery but yeah. yeah, but then it took being sprayed with yogurt yeah. for them to actually like each but, other. But Carrie, but wasn't <sighs> that hilarious? Oh, God. It was. I, I I rolled on the floor laughing at that moment. I must admit. I mean, fair play, fair play to Carrie. It's to to Carrie to Clary because mm. you know there fair is fair play to Carrie as well. Is, 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Always. That's yeah. a, that's a, that's a given. I mean, we should probably start every podcast with that. But um, you know, these these lower paid jobs, people sort of just take the like. For instance, in um in in America, one of the sort of talking points of the Republicans is this idea that uh, working at McDonald's, working at Walmart, working you know doing these low paid jobs is somehow a stepping stone to proper employment. And they kind of ignore mm. the fact that you actually have people who are a bit older, who this is their main salary. And actually, the reason that, you know, the, the, the low pay is not does not mean it's necessarily easy or doesn't possess some kind of expertise or an opportunity to master it. Mm. And, you know, you, you can imagine that you can imagine that Clary's probably sort of developed quite a deep knowledge of the whole process. Sorry, I'm getting on, yeah. getting on a Do bit you know of a socialist. Part, one of the good things about the pandemic, I know this sounds a bit weird, but was you know that realization that a lot of the lower paid jobs were the most vital yeah i loved that and that's gone away hasn't it yeah that's gone. Shame. Yeah. i know i noticed something here in portugal which is something i remember and i probably just got the fag end of it as a kid um like growing up in the very late 70s early 80s mm. is people if they work in a mechanics or they work in a factory here in portugal they'll walk home in their overalls or they'll walk home in their outfit with mm. the logo on it like there is a certain pride and i remember that as a kid um seeing people like walk home in their work overalls and their whatever they had to wear to work and mm-hmm. i think now there is there is this kind of snobbery about that type of job and there absolutely shouldn't be no the japan that's one of the reasons that japan has a uh, a much narrower gap between the top 10 percent of earners and the, the, the bottom there's there's an understanding that you know even even the jobs that lacks uh sort of um social status mm. you know you still need to earn an amount of money that enables you to live a, a fulfilling life what did you think of when helen said um i've got a big batch of cheese on the go this morning oh i know it's like, of course you fucking have you're a cheese maker it's called lee <laughs> <laughs> he's at home he's at b&q and i've just remembered another terrible thing it was that the um cliffhanger at the end of tuesdays where helen got a text message from lee sort of going oh uh, another thing i'm going to be bringing a drum kit home no. my mate stew is... yeah oh. which i mean and then oh if he wants to play the drums oh. let him play the drums ian was the king of exclamations this week wasn't he like oh my giddy aunt <laughs> <laughs> did he say yes that? oh my giddy yeah. aunt helena drum kit <laughs> Well, that was a um, enjoyably rambly ramble about a very rambly week of the archers. Um, <laughs> it, you know, any sort of lack of structure in this podcast, I think, is kind of appropriately relevant to um, what we all listen to through the week. Is that a reasonably coherent roundup? Absolutely. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, there's a bit of a harsh juxtaposition there. My my um, sort of like a, a word salad followed by you two, who's going to be sort of ninja-like succinctness. Um, Lee likes succinctness. So um, we're trying to be equally succinct, we need your help. We have had um, amazing um, uh, jumps in listener numbers over the last couple of weeks, and then this, then uh, and then. Just recently, things have plateaued ever so slightly. So we need a, another push. We need reviews on iTunes. Um, please do um, 
uh, you know, retweet or um, send around anything that you think is worthy of your um, time and attention. Um, Kerry, what's the, the Twitter handle? Yeah, the Twitter handle is at the Cider Shed pod. And we're doing really well on there. Um, over 600 followers, approaching 650. Uh, so it's creeping upwards. Um, and we're also getting emails, aren't we? Really lovely comments from people. Uh, and yeah. review I've seen some reviews recently as you mentioned it would be great to get some more but some of the ones that are on there are so moving and touching I, I'm I'm very grateful for them so thank yeah, you yeah and the the, the with the emails the emails that we've received tend to be just very nice little letters of appreciation if you do have any comments that you want to uh, you know anything any questions that you want us to deal with I mean within reason we will we'll deal with it it's not the format of the show but it's not to say that um, people shouldn't write in with stuff that's more interactive it's just not what we've ended up doing so far, mm -hmm. but there's no hard and fast rule about that. But yeah, the, the, we we do get a, a lot of um, uh, lovely. Um, I keep calling them letters, like some granddad, but yes, lots <laughs> of lovely electronic letters coming through. Um, and uh, Matthew often, because um, I, I have I I am um, for for multiple of reasons. I don't uh, I don't get to look at the Facebook, but I always enjoy seeing the um, screenshots that Matthew sends us. How's it going? It's going Matthew? fine. Yeah, yeah. We're um, on the up slowly but surely. Um, people joining us. We're at. Um, the group name is the Cider Shed Podcast, so you can find us there. Um, and there's always a bit of a little bit of a flurry of activity on a Sunday after the omnibus. I think some people try to avoid. I noticed this, the Facebook crowd try to avoid spoilers during the week a little bit more. So you have to be a little bit mindful mm. of that. But more yeah, and I notice yeah. on the weekends that's when the activity picks up. So yeah, that's where we are. The Cider Shed Podcast. Come join. And notice that um, Kerry and Matthew, being the consummate professionals they are, um, when they were doing their bits, they also told you how to get in touch. When, when I was talking, I forgot to say hello at thesidershed.com is our email address. Um, so lots of encouragement to email and then actually no information to use to do it. So, yeah, I'm incompetent. You'll, well, um, you'll actually get some real letters this week, I think. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, maybe I should give my address out. I get a lovely, give a lovely letter. I mean, if I got the full Agas and um, Jonas treatment and got you know like lovely, great big lemon drizzle cakes, then maybe mm. I should. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I've had a, I've had, a, I was in a foul mood when this started, and I feel in a good mood now. So if that's a measure of, the, of how the podcast went, then I think that's a fairly good barometer. Yeah, I think so. I, I was in a good mood, and I still am. Matthew, I was in a, I was no, in a. Are you more or less naked? My shorts have come off. I'm in such a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> they, but they, they unwound, the, the thread unwound with excitement. Well, well done, everyone involved for managing to make that um, possible and, you know, in, in all different ways. Um, so thank you from me. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you. Bye. Hello.